So I started my business in my garage, dining room table. A lot of you know that story. I had the good fortune of actually having a family of entrepreneurs and business owners. So I had the opportunity to learn about all these things. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't ever prepare you for what running your own business is like. But a lot of small businesses out there and a lot of the customers we work with, they started as diesel technicians and now they're running a shop uh, or they own a bunch of mobile trucks or they're running a fleet or whatever it is. And they're just, there's certain things you need to start thinking about when you're a business owner. So for example, if I gave you $100,000 and said, hey, I need you to make sure I get a return on investment here, like no problem, stock market, 6%, 8%, 10%. Uh, but we don't often think of that in our business. We, we don't often think of like, what is this business actually generating for me? And not only that, how long do I want to do it for? <laughs> and not only that, but what am I going to do with the profit? Am I going to reinvest it? Am I going to pay down debt? Am I going to take it out and go buy an island somewhere or whatever you're doing with your excess cash as a business owner? So in this episode, uh, John Barnes, who is local here in the Columbia area, I've known him for a couple years. We're not a client of his, uh, just a very smart guy that's helping a lot of businesses really figure that out and maximize their potential of a business and really helping them think of, well, when do I want to leave the business and what does my life look like and what do I need to get there? And that's all about putting together a plan. So John's going to break it all down for us in this episode. All right. So, John, before we even get started, Uganda, I, yeah. I saw the post on, yeah. on LinkedIn. What like what, what were you doing in Uganda? Uh, I was there doing some mission work. Uh, our church has partnered up with a with a group that's based in Uganda. And we go over there and basically provide labor to do you know some mission work over there in the uh, refugee camps that are run by the United Nations. And it was my this was my fifth trip over there in about five years. So is that stuff that like just break my heart if I went over there and saw some of the things or is it is it better than I envisioned it is? I just know what I see in the yeah. movies, right? I've never actually been there. Yeah. So it's um there are there are things that are absolutely will shatter you. But at the same time, um, you run across people that are legitimately happy. They don't love their circumstances, but they uh, have could teach us, I mean, a master's course in contentment. And in uh, being happy and also being patient. So I've started to learn that, right? So I I was just having a conversation with someone and they were asking about my brother. Um, so he works for my dad. And okay. like, I'm an entrepreneur. My dad's an entrepreneur. My brother just wants to work for my dad, right? right. So me and my dad are like, we don't get it. We don't get it. And then the person was like, well, is he happy? I'm like, yes, <laughs> he's actually very happy. Yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah, it's not about, it's it's, it's a different thing for everybody. So that's, that's really, that's really cool that you go do that. I haven't done a lot of charity or volunteer work myself. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things I want to do eventually. Uh, but why don't we, why don't we just tell the audience kind of what Pendleton Street Business Advisors is? Sure. So I think you guys are a little bit unique in, in what you do. Yeah. So, I mean, at our heart, we're basically financial advisors. Uh, but the the asset that we advise on is, is a business. So all of our clients own businesses. And if you look at sort of their net worth statement, the value of the business is going to be the largest number on there by, by far. You know, they may have outside real estate, they may have stocks, bonds, whatever. Um, but the business is the, the core of their of their wealth. And so a lot of times financial advisors want to, you know, sell you insurance or talk about stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Um, we start with the business and with the owner and say, okay, what does this asset need to do for you? And when does that need to occur? Sometimes that's around retirement. Like, hey, I need to sell my business to retire. Okay. What does it need to be worth? And when does it need to get there? Sometimes it's, uh, 
a company that's maybe eight or 10 years down the road. Um, they're not a startup, but growth is starting to hurt pretty yep. badly. Growing pains, we call um, it around here. Yeah. And, and they're, they're like, wait a minute, my sales are up. You know, all these sort of metrics have a smiley face, but why do I, the owner, feel so awful about it? Or where is my bottom line? Or where is my cash? We can come in and, and kind of help them understand that as, as an asset understand what's going on, and then pair a personal financial plan with the business plan to kind of pull things more in line. So how bad is it like 99.9% .9 of my net worth tied up in diesel laptops? <laughs> I mean, one, I don't think it's it's bad if you know that. <laughs> um, most people aren't really, they don't really think about it that way. Uh, for most business owners, the business is their job, period. It, it kind of stops there. Yeah. Um, we all know like if, if a business owner sort of had $10 million in cash and they gave it to a, a quote unquote investment advisor, they would have one expectation and one expectation only. And that would be for the money to grow. Yeah. But when a business owner looks at their own business where they're the largest invest, invest it's the largest investment, they're probably the single investor. They have zero expectation of it growing in value. They just want to get a paycheck and maybe get their cell phone paid for and a family vacation out of it and stuff like that. And what we're trying to show them is that it can do, and it probably needs to do far more than that for a longer period of time. Yeah. I, I can say my, my journey is definitely changing. Right. So sure. when I, when I first did this thing, it was just like, Hey, you know, make beer money. And then it turned into like, can I quit my job? <laughs> then it turned into, can I build something? Right. So you keep checking those boxes and I never really cared about, anything besides like helping people solve problems and, mm -hmm. and growing my business. Right. And, you know, I think in the last six to nine months, it's really changed now because it's now it's like, okay, wait, I've, I've created a really valuable asset over here. That's, that's mm -hmm. doing a thing. Like what the hell am I doing? Right. <laughs> like where, where does this end? Like I need to have an end game. Otherwise I'm just kind of spinning my wheels and I can't make the right business decisions going forward unless I know where I'm trying to get to. Yeah. And I, I guess I see that a lot in small businesses. Mm-hmm. So like you said, people just kind of, it's a job, it's like a paycheck, I can, I can do things. But at the end of the day, businesses generate a profit. Sure. Least, well, they, they, should. they need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They need to if they want to stay in business. But the owner kind of has a decision on what to do with the cash that, that those things do. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what like kind of there's like three buckets, I believe. That yeah, that's right. Um, you, you've been reading my posts. I, ha um, I have been. I've been following you. So so we think that, yeah, when you have profits, you know, a bottom line, uh, cash flow, you know, kind of whatever, whatever word you want to call it. Um, a business owner does have about three things they can do with it. They can pay themselves with it. That can turn into a vacation home. It can turn into a sailboat, you know, fun stuff, usually college tuition, whatever, something that's going outside of the business. The second is um, they can accelerate debt payments. We, we would assume that if you have debt in the business, you're, you're paying it as agreed, you know, per an amortization schedule or something like that. But this is like paying extra payments to knock it down. Or you can reinvest in the business, you know, hire more people, more plant and equipment, you know, just things that are going to help you do or generate more revenue, maybe become more profitable. What we do when we're working with a client is we help them answer we help them understand which of those three do we need to answer? Why do we need to answer it? And why is it important in terms of their, their financial plan? Sometimes you do two of those. Sometimes you do all three. Sometimes you do one. Um, most business owners, I think, on their own tend to preference one of those. Like some people love taking money out of the business and using it at home to do fun stuff. Okay. Some people hate debt, if you will, and they just want to pay it down as fast as possible. 
Some people just continually double down and double down and double down and double down and reinvestment. Again, not much wrong with that. But again, going back to what we were saying earlier about uh, what's return should you get on that reinvestment? You know, and, and kind of we, that's again where we come in and help clients understand like, hey, if you're going to plow a half million dollars back into your business, and depending on what you're going to use it for, like here's what you should expect in return so that as you move forward after making that investment, you know, you, you can kind of give yourself a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yeah, so I, I definitely fall in that third camp. I've just, the, the same analogy, of like, oh, I've been playing a game of blackjack here, just doubling down for, <laughs> right. for eight years. Yes. Split, double, yeah, split, yeah, double. Yeah, yeah, like, right, let's keep rolling the dice, like, we're on a roll, right? <laughs> right. Like, but, it, but like, that's what, I think that's what's changed here now. Like, we brought a CFO in, we got a chief revenue officer, we got a chief operating officer, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, it's like, hey, we need, to, <laughs> we need to focus on EBITDA and decide, like, where we allocate right. this money to. And I, and I get it. I, I think I was still treating this like I was in my garage and dining room table and mm-hmm. just doing whatever I wanted to do to like do cool projects. And now it's like almost a little more sense of responsibility. You have, you have employees, you have vendors, you have a business and people that count on you. Like it it just, it becomes a different thing. So yeah. So it's, it's definitely changed for me now. So it's not, I've always talked about growth. Like every LinkedIn post, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, growth, growth, 5,000. Like, like, I, I love that part of it. So it's taken me a little bit of time to get like my ego out of the way and be like, okay, maybe that's not the metric I should be focusing on. Well, There's some other important KPIs yeah. here. I mean, it's interesting you talk about growth. Um, just, just a brief little little side story. Um, I, I had I used to have these orange trees, and they were small and they were in, they were in pots. And I bought them when they were they were young. They were they were immature. And the guy that I bought them from said, "Hey, this can be at least three years before you start to get something out of it." And I followed all those directions, and they began to really grow, and they looked dynamite no fruit so this is about the fifth year i mean i'm like where where are the blossoms like but but it had all this growth and foliage and uh long story short he's like you need to prune them okay so i pruned him sent him another picture he's like more prune more this time at this point i cut a third of the leaves like nothing left he's like more 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 i mean it got down to almost a few branches and i was like Stuart, are you like I think I killed it. He's like, wait, got the fruit the next year. Yeah. I mean, we, we, so the growth looked beautiful, but yeah. like in terms of what I really wanted, which were these little doorknob sized oranges, I wasn't getting it because the tree was producing all this growth. It was using all of its resources to make the leaves pretty. And he's like, yeah, you got to cut all that away to get the stuff you want. So <laughs> that maybe that, I just ended the show, no, but I mean, it's like, that's, that's the, a great analogy though. I'm going to remember that story. Yeah. It's like, that's like the perfect analogy though. Right. It's, um, and, and I think, especially as a CEO founder, it's hard to get out of your own way sometimes. Right. And you yeah, you're like, look those, at this tree. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and it, someone's like, well, I can't tell what kind of tree it is because there's no fruit. It, it sounds just like us. Oh, look at this revenue. Like, where's the profit? Like, don't worry about that. <laughs> worry about <laughs> worry about the, all this revenue top line. Look how right. great we're doing here. So, right. yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely a mind shift. And I know you work with a lot of small businesses. It mm-hmm. sounds like are you know, and we do too, right? A lot of independent shops, guys sure. that are mobile maintenance guys. They, and a lot of these journeys are people that were great diesel techs. And then they decided to go like hang their own shingle yeah. and, and go do their own thing. And yeah. it's, it's really is a totally different skill set. Is that the journey you see with a lot of these small business owners? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, there, there is no school for business owners. You know, even, even when I meet people that they may have gone to graduate school for business, you know, that getting an MBA does not in any way, shape or form prepare you for business ownership. Um, it prepares you to make 
great PowerPoint slides and yeah, you know, your presentations. Excel yeah, yeah, and you're, you're you know your way around an Excel sheet. But um, no, there, there's nothing there. It is definitely trial and error, hard knocks. You know, life happening is what um, most people do, and that's why we see them where most people do see it just as their job. They they don't want to work for someone else, or maybe they used to work for someone else in their industry, and they're like, hey, if this guy can do it, like I can do it. They strike it on their own. They max out a credit card, you know, and that's the old kind of familiar story for a lot of people. But um, no, no one's really um, trained or prepared to do that. Yeah. So how often when you first engage with someone, are they crystal clear on what they're what they're focused on? Or is it is it more of the job stuff? Or are they like, I got I'm out of this thing in five years. Or I got 10 years. My kid wants I'm going to give it to my kid. And yeah, I, I think it's sort of not unlike a lot of medical diagnoses where you go see your doctor when something's uncomfortable or something weird is going on and you notice, you don't know what's causing it, but you know that something's wrong. And so we hear from a lot of business owners when they're at that point, like for instance, someone that's maybe three to five years away from when they would like to retire realizes what they know is wrong is like, oh my gosh, I don't really know what I have. And I definitely don't know what someone else would be willing to pay for it. Oh, and I also don't even know what I need to get out of it. So that's that scenario. Or like in the case of a, of a company that's, you know, a couple of years in, they're like, I'm making all this, I'm, I'm taking in all this money, all this revenue. And I've hired people and we're doing every, everybody, all my reports have a smiley face, but like, where's my cash? You know, uh, what am I going to do to keep this growth going? And so again, they sense that something's wrong. They usually he hear or see one of our videos or what we've been writing about. And they're, they're like, I need to come go see the doctor. You know, and so a lot of times we start out with trying to diagnose the problem, but then we're saying, okay, once we get this fixed, where talk to the business owner, like, where would you want this to go? Like, again, what do you need this business to do for you other than provide a job, other than to be profitable? But what's the medium and long term um, destination? So I have this conversation a lot with my dad, right? Okay. So he owns a business, him and his brothers, and I have conversations with them too. And the answer they always give me is like, eh, I don't know. Right. And it seems like that now when I look at it, they're, I was telling you before we recorded, they're, you know, late 60s, early 70s. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they're like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, what's, yeah. what's the end game, right? Like, they don't, they haven't, they spent 40 years not thinking about it. And right. now reality's hitting them right in the face. And yeah. it's, it's, it's not like you can just go sell your company. Well, you can, but sure. you shouldn't, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, what stops a lot of business owners from kind of, uh, they kind of take a, they open the door and they take a peek and then they shut it again uh, because they're, it's dark in there, if you will. They're afraid of what's on the other side of that door. Yeah. When we're working with people, we get them to talk about what they would like to see on the other side of that door. If you can kind of catch that distinction, it's sort of like, okay, imagine life after the business. You know, uh, most of our clients don't want to use the word retire. I mean, they're used to being sort of constantly engaged. And even if they're at a point where they're really just kind of putzing around in their business, you know, they've got professional management or other people that yeah. are really, you know, loading the trucks and doing yeah, the walking around. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah they're just, yeah. They, they got their badge on and, <laughs> you know, everybody tips their cap or whatever. Yeah. But um, is to just talk about what, what do you want life to be like? Now, what we know in every case is that it's going to take money to pay for those things. So that's where we begin to look at what do you need the, if you were to sell it based on how you live your life and you didn't have access to that cash flow anymore or salary or whatever you're getting from it, what, is, what does it take to be you financially? And we sort of back into a valuation 
uh, what we call it a target valuation yeah. to say, okay, based on what we learned here from basically a financial planning exercise, your target value is a hundred bucks. Then we look at where the business is now and it might be worth 80 bucks. So that you've got a $20 gap and then we work with them on the specific sort of financial drivers in the business. It's not just profitability or revenue. There may be some other measurables that are pertinent in their industry that an outsider will look at and see more value there. We tell our clients, look, you're a founder. You, you did this for the love of the game. You love what you're doing and, and, and you, you've got the bumps and bruises to um, prove it. The next owner of your business is an investor. Yeah. It, it's, and not that they're all cold, heartless killers, but they are far more objective about business in general than maybe a founder. Well, you don't, have the, you don't have the emotional attachment, right? Correct. And what you're, what you're describing to me is the exact thing we do like on strategic planning, right? Like mm -hmm. we're like, start, you start at the end, not yeah. where you're at, like this is where I want to get to, great. Now, how do I, how do I get there? Right. And I, I remember having that conversation with, with my dad. I was, he's like, you know, tell me how much he'd net out, it was X dollars. Mm -hmm. I'm like, he's like, oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. It's not that much. I'm like, Dad, how many years would you have to work to get that same that right. same number? He's yeah. like, like 20? <laughs> like, right. like, maybe think of it that yeah. way. Not And 20 years from now, you'll be 89 or yeah. whatever. Yeah, like, like, yeah. like how's this going to play out? So, yeah, it, it's it's been interesting to see it like on a, a from my side at Diesel Laptops when I'm going through, my dad going through it, talking to people. And it's it's really difficult decisions that people have to make ahead of time. Yeah. So if you, if someone's listening to this and is like, yeah, I do want to eventually sell my company. Like how much, how much time do you need to plan for that? Or is it, is it ever too early to start planning? Like where do you, you know, it's not, it's not too early, but I think that sometimes when something is, is say a, in your mind, a decade away, it's just easy to do it tomorrow. So what we've, I've been doing this since 2007 and what we've noticed. And again, this is just from our sample of, of, of clients is, Basically, for every decade you've been in business, you really need a year and a half to almost two years of solid planning. And planning doesn't necessarily mean you're trying to figure out what you want to do, but it's it's you're figuring out what you want to do. You're understanding where you are and you're trying to work on those drivers, because a lot of times there is a little bit of mechanic work, if you will, that needs to be done uh, financially in the business. And that's all normal because you're trying to position yourself financially and with your statements and everything that you have to be able to prove that target value to a professional buyer of companies. Um, the, the nightmare scenario for most business owners is that they get educated about their own company by the buyer. You never want to be at an, what we would call an informational disadvantage to a buyer of the company. And so that's where, again, our clients are good at what they do. We're good at that part. Um, and a lot of times when there is a transaction, we we don't broker sales, but we do sit on our client side of the table and we talk finance pro to finance pro with that buyer. And where most people imagine these sort of protracted negotiations with hung up phones and yelling on a conference call and stuff like that. The deals that we've been involved with um, are not like that. It's just cold, hard facts. It's calm, rational explanations on numbers. And a professional buyer sees value immediately. And a lot of times they don't want to feel like they overpaid, but we try to understand what they can pay relative to that target value. And we just push and push and push, but we got facts and data to back it up. It's not just where we're pulling a number from the sky or that we're being unreasonable or, or something like that. Um, 
the pros know, yeah, it's right. I don't love it, but I agree with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I can, you know, put the exclamation point in that because of what I went through about two years ago. I was like, cool, I'm going to go sell a minority share of diesel. Mm -hmm. I can use some of that cash personally, mm -hmm. take some money out, and I can leave a big chunk of it in the company. And we got some some fuel to grow. And, you know, I didn't have a CFO. Like, we barely had, I mean, we had monthly financials and income statements, sure. but we weren't like, you know, we couldn't answer a lot of questions. And that's really right. what it came down to is when you go do that capital raise process, you get the financial people. And you get the strategics. Yep. And the strategics, they would understand like one of the eight aspects of our business mm -hmm. and not really seem to care about the others. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe more than that sometimes. But the financial guys, man, like I I couldn't ask I couldn't answer basic questions that we should have been able to answer. Yeah. So I went through that process of like six months and or maybe even a year. And just the learning what I got out of that was worth my time and money we spent in that process because I learned Oh, these are the same that I had four financial guys all asking the same question about turn rate. Maybe I should maybe I should figure out what that is and yeah. like be able to really put some facts behind it, not just right. a bullshit answer. Right. So you learn a lot going through that process as well, which is again, someone that owns a business, it's, it's questions are they don't even know the questions are coming. Yeah. But you do. You've done you've been there and done right. these things. Yeah, there's so many um unknown unknowns, you know, that that are out there. And for our clients, they're gonna get one shot at that sale. You know, they're basically selling their their life's work. You know, they're our clients are typically not the serial entrepreneur that just you know starts something and moves on and moves on and moves on. And I, these are people that have decades in the business. There might even be multiple generations that have been in the business, but something has changed or or a circumstance is, is needing them to to sell. Or like I said, it might not be end of career stuff. It's just, man, we've gotten to this plateau. Um, when we were two million dollar business, I understood it. When we were five million dollar business, I. I I, I still understood it more or less, but now we're at 10 and I feel like this thing is really getting away from me, but all the right things have happened. Yeah. Why does it hurt so bad? I mean, so again, we come in there and look at it that way too. Yeah. I mean, and we're talking about this and I know people are like, Oh, what does he know? Like my business is different. It's a shop. It's a trucking company, right. whatever it is. I mean, business is business in the day and you have yep. worked at the trucking company as well. Yeah. I mean, we've had a number of clients in transportation. Um, we, we love having actually transportation clients because we do manage money on the back end for our clients that, that have sold. Um, we are a, a registered investment advisor, um, but we don't chase people around asking people to manage their money. We only do that from exits. But uh, transportation is great because... <clears throat> They're the ultimate canary in the coal mine. They they see downturns first, yep. and they see the, they see the upturn first. And so, anecdotally, we like always having a couple of those in the mix because it helps us kind of on our on our money management side. And we've got clients in fourteen states. So, you know, we're based here in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, but but we're doing work almost all over the country. And um, it is fun to to work with business owners. But yeah, being business is business. We don't really specialize in industries per se. Uh, all those things have tended to cluster up because of referrals and word of mouth. Yeah. Well, I mean, talking about that, like you've done a lot of things that we've been doing, right? Like I know you're active on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, so I'm assuming that's working out well. I'd love to hear your story there. And then I know you get the podcast that you're doing as well. Yeah. Um, so LinkedIn was just one of those things where it's sort of like if you can't beat them, join them, you know. And um, we did have a great business that was rocking along on word of mouth. But, um, you know, I'm only 45. Uh, my partner is even younger than me. And we've got definitely more gas in the tank. And we just love working with business owners. I mean, we're business owners. And the work is actually really fun of, of taking someone and helping them understand what an asset they do have 
and helping them see that they can get a lot more out of it than just their job. Um, and so the posting on LinkedIn, I mean, I just started, I write my own posts. Um, they're very matter of fact and, and kind of almost like war stories of, of what we've seen. And uh, they really have started to resonate. I mean, we, we have now gotten clients. I've only been doing it since August of 22. Yeah. So not quite a year. We've gotten three client engagements out yeah. of just these these posts of folks that I never would have known but for being connected on LinkedIn. Yeah, people people don't understand the power of that social media stuff. They think it's like hogwash yeah. and influencers selling makeup on Instagram, right. or but it's it's really finding your tribe. And LinkedIn, obviously, a lot of business owners are on there. And yeah. uh, same thing here. Like I don't really ever go on there and just start marketing my products and pitching my products. Right. I try to tell my story and what we have going on. The the wins, the losses, but every, every week, multiple people like, Hey, I'm interested in a tool. There was actually two today that I, that I got yeah. uh, that were like, Hey, I just want to learn more about your tools. Who do I talk to? So it's, it's, it's amazing how people reach out when they see value yeah. and appreciate what someone's putting out there. Well, and so you put a story out there of how you have helped someone. I mean, we don't, I don't make posts that say, please hire us. But I'll write stories about, hey, here's something that we worked on today, or here's here's what a, a client found themselves, and here's here's what happened. And what I've kind of learned, there's only really probably seven or eight actual business problems. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but they can have a, a few different manifestations of those. And so someone will read that and say, hey, that's me. Yeah. Like, I'm dealing with the exact or very, very similar things. I mean, I've got a particular twist or a turn on something, but people see themselves in those stories. And I think that's what they that's what they connect with. You, you know, my mind's thinking here too. You're probably right, because it's like taxes, employees, income, market. Like yeah, I mean, you, certain you, can, buckets. you know, you can have a filing system and you only need about seven or eight folders and you can drop pretty much every business problem that we encounter into one of those, one of yeah. those categories. Yeah. Well, the podcast. So I know why I do my podcast, right? Like, why do you do your podcast? Yeah. So we started that um, really during the during the pandemic and probably the latter part of um, 2020. Um, it seemed like content just exploded everywhere and a lot of videos and a lot of interviews. And I I was a fan of a lot of different podcasts, um, people that I'll never meet, but just you need know, to get information you listen to in your car. And my partner and I, um, Matt, were we're talking, we know all these stories because of the clients we've worked with. And I don't know if you remember, but but during that time, it was really like, there's a lot of negativity just flying around everywhere. And, and not that we wanted to ignore reality, but we said, hey, there's a lot of good stuff that has happened and that will continue to happen. Let's just tell some stories. We did not do it as a way to advertise our firm. Uh, we really did it, what I've learned now after you know hiring a marketing firm is that we were branding. Yep. You know, we were getting our brand out there to say, hey, Pendleton Street Business Advisors is willing to put, frankly, the money into high production value because they're on video. We do release audio, of, but we start them on video, kind of like you're doing here. And then we release the audio afterwards. And so um, we started creating, we used a group called Pearson Collective um, to um, make them sound good and look good. And we just started going and grabbing people that we knew their stories. Um, and really, we are about to release, I think it's episode 54. So we've been we've done this for about two and a half years. Um, most of the episodes are not our clients. They're just stories that we think need to be told. Sometimes we're yeah. talking to clients and we don't really out them as as, as clients because, again, we don't want the show to be about us. It's really about them and just getting these stories out. But um that has also become an effective business development tool. 
um, did not start out that way. We just thankfully had some some margin that we could spend on something like that to make it look good and to have it kind of be indicative of our work. You know, I mean, you certainly don't have to spend what we're spending to get these things out. You yeah. just record audio. It would be super cheap. And you're just another podcast out there. We wanted to add that video component to just say like, hey, this is how Pendleton Street, if Pendleton Street had a had a show, yeah, this, this is, is what it would this be it. like. Yeah, No, it's been great. I've been following all the episodes. I told you before we got on the air here, like I, I would have never stayed at Hotel Trundle until I, until yeah. I saw him on your on your podcast. Well, like, and they should watch your episode. Yeah. You were on there. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, man, this is a great hotel. Like, you know, I usually go to like the chain things and like, I was right. like, wow, this is actually like, I will, I will stay down here all the time. It's yeah. perfect, so. Well, if people want to learn more about what your company does or connect with you, where should they go? Well, our website is Pendleton Street Advisors, all spelled out, dot com. Uh, you can find me, John Barnes, on LinkedIn. Uh, we, we have a, a company page on LinkedIn as well. Um, those are the those are the best places. Well, I love the content out there. It's uh, it's great to see other people, especially in the Columbia area, consistently putting out content and having conversations and get people talking about things. Yeah. And that's really where a lot of it starts. So props to what you're accomplishing over there and the people that are helping you. at your company. So it's been great. Yeah. Well, and thanks for what you're doing here at Diesel, not just on your day job at Diesel, but doing stuff like this and just putting stuff out there to help people. Um, because again, you, you've you got plenty of things you could spend your time on too. And just, I appreciate you highlighting that story. Yeah, no problem. So as we end every episode, it's not just diagnostics, it's diagnostics done right. As a business owner, you, you really need to focus and figure out where your end game is and start putting that plan together. Reach out to John, reach out to Pendleton Street Business Advisors. I know they can help you guys out. Thank you for watching, listening. Like, comment, subscribe, share. We appreciate it.